0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rendition Pod, uh, where we, three beautiful people, like to do book reports on uh, things we've seen. And Jude reliably watches the movie. So uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oh, okay. so, um, so this week we're going to be doing Contact. Uh, it is a Carl Sagan-written uh, novel novel. Um, It was originally a script that he wrote in 79, it became a book after his project was denied in 85, and then in 1997 it was finally made into a film uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis and uh you know it's a pretty it's a pretty hefty tome um i listened to the abridged audiobook and it was four hours long and then i cross-referenced with ashley and she was like dude it's like 14 hours i don't know what you're talking about i'm like oh my god so um you know what we're gonna have a lot of talking points we're gonna have a lot of things to go over with this one so let's start off with you judy baby What's I'm, up?
2: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid a synopsis of the movie just because this, <laughs> a lot happens. Yeah. I yeah. Felt, I, okay. Also, also. So yesterday was daylight savings time. Oh yeah. And I saw that the movie was two hours and thirty minutes long. I, I watched it on YouTube, by the way, which wasn't bad um, if a movie on YouTube says it's free with ads, like Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's going to be ads every five minutes, by the way, there was like, there were like, there were like six ad rolls in this two and a half hour long movie. So it was actually, it was actually a nice way to to watch it.
0: I I paid for the rental. Uh, I feel like a schmuck now, but no, no, no,
2: no, no. Um, (laughs) yeah. So it sounds like Carl Sagan trying to get this movie made is much like the story of Dr. Arroway herself. Yeah. And the story of, of contact.
0: Honestly. Yeah. Um,
2: uh, you know, there are like a lot of movies named like contact first contact. contact Arrival. From, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was Just like, no
0: one word. I really felt
2: like I, was, I was like, I was kind of tired. It'd been a long night. It was like mm-hmm. already like 2am.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I was like, Is, "Am I am I picking the right one?" I was like, yeah. "I don't care. I'm going to pick the one that has Jodie Foster." In it.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. like that's the one. And right, Matthew McConaughey,
2: right. young, young, chubby Matthew McConaughey. Was he
0: chubby? Really? No, but, like compared
2: to the way he looks now. I mean, he's yeah, gone Jesus Christ. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back then, he was like, "We just look like a little baby boy." Oh, oh. yeah.
0: As, as a preacher, as a preacher. Yeah,
2: a, a, but a weird preacher. But like, a philosophical a preacher? not a preacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone's yeah. least favorite type of. Um, Debate bro from college. You know, like, oh, well, okay, listen, listen, listen. I was going to go to Marion for Divinity. I was going to go to Marion. I I like to fuck too much. So, (laughs) you know, I went down to Indiana University, and I'm getting a philosophy degree instead. Mm -hmm. I hang out at the pipe shop in the cigar room Uh and uh, drink bourbon Mm -hmm. and um, participate in the Wikipedia game. Honestly, it doesn't sound like... He he sounds like
0: decent at parties. I don't know. sounds like like, an okay guy. Anyways,
2: yeah, so so the story is...
0: So Matthew
1: McConaughey
0: plays what Josh? Yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah. Oh, Parker Josh. I've got some words yeah. about his characterization yeah. added into this compared to the book. Like I'm i got words. He's not like that. I'm like what, why are you describing him like that? He's not like that at no, all. No, the um, they I'm made yikes. him okay. they <laughs> into a romantic male lead. Yeah, Ashley, they bad. did this it's anyway. Great. Continue. That's so great. weird. I thought
1: yeah. Matthew McConaughey was gonna be like uh, Ken Deheer. Yeah, right? Okay, I'm Yeah, no. Okay, wait, so I art. actually
2: feel like I can do a, actually a fairly good job of mm-hmm. synopsizing the, the movie. Okay. Despite how long, despite how <laughs> dense it is. So many things happen in this movie. Oh, you
1: think the movie's uh, long. Yeah, no, 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 no. I have no, suffered from no. my
2: art. Okay, so Jodie Foster plays Dr. <laughs> Ellie Arroway. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, I guess, at this in the universe of this movie, the only SETI researcher, really. Yeah. She has like, kind of a team, but she's the only one that's like really listening to the radio transmissions all the time in a lab- the Aero sea- the AeroSeal Laboratory in Puerto Rico. She's waiting for a transmission from intelligent life from outside the solar system to mm-hmm. come to Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And this is informed by um, basically growing up as an orphan, her father dying, but instilling a passion for astronomy in her originally.
0: Yeah, they made her an orphan, yeah. actually. Anyway. Yeah,
2: um, but she's like... <laughs> oh, um,
0: this is bizarro.
2: I have a hard time believing that the costume designer for this movie did not know that Jodie Foster was a lesbian, when
0: well she was wardrobing so her so fun really for shitty fact, she hadn't come out
2: yet but no, there was like she oh has no. they, they dress her in this movie in some ways that I'm like this y- is yeah what this is you
0: you, you think yeah, yeah. um you, yeah something fun and kind of shitty um she was slated to win an oscar for this performance but uh, there was a bit of scandal because she was pregnant she wouldn't name the father and she hadn't come out yet oh, so okay. uh, oh, the she, oscars
2: are so like reactionary and weird well, people yeah, People that think Hollywood is, like, very liberal and, like, too uh, progressive and doesn't care about conservatives, like, don't understand, like, mm-hmm. really how reactionary.
0: It, it seemed
1: to have
2: so been a lot is.
1: worse, obviously.
0: Uh, but, them, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: but still. Yeah. Not to derail too much, but, like, just recently, I don't remember if it was the Academy Awards or the Oscars or whatever, but one of the um, members sent a letter directly to one of the directors saying he didn't even bother to watch her film because... It was about abortion, and he's pro-life, and da 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 da. If somebody so disrespected Jodie Foster like that it's in my presence, thing. I would cut their
2: fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: okay, so she's yes. um, so she's doing this. Then there's this guy named Dr. David Drumlin, who yep. is like a typical usurper,
0: father figure, bad bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Eighty
2: movies, ski challenge. Type villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got all the resources. <laughs> he's like an older tenured guy. He's like a. He's like I'm he's, gonna
0: cut your funding, and he, yeah, then I'm gonna it, steal yeah, no, he's, your spots. He's spot. the national
2: science advisor for the president, and get um, out of here. He cuts the funding. Well, they
1: smashed so many characters yeah. together. Oh, I'm wow. getting whiplash. Okay, yeah. okay. so <laughs>
2: she 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 starts this project up at the very large array in Socorro, New Mexico, mm. and um she has to like really beg for funding, and she ends up coming by the funding of a eccentric, brilliant, reclusive billionaire mm-hmm. uh who at this point in the movie is flying around in a plane all the time. He doesn't yeah, he doesn't live like on the ground. It he's, was a, he's trying to it was, stay away from the effects of gravity and oxygenated air. Because so he's he can, obsessed
0: with mortality yeah, and yeah, exactly, he's a yeah. nod to is Captain he, Nemo and yeah, to th- twenty thousand yeah. weeks. Anyway.
2: Um and so that's how she gets the funding for the project, and that's how she makes the discovery of the of the Vega message, the Vega transmission, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically this asshole swoops in right away and starts to like... The Bill Clinton's in the movie, which really fucked me up. I was like, the best part
0: about that is that was actually like a legit speech that he gave for like a Mars, like a drone landing. Mm. Um, And they, yeah, they listened to it. Zemeckis listened to it and he was like, what the fuck? This is so on point because they were going to have um, Sidney Poitier in as the president, but he ended up passing Uh up the role to do. um, Oh, I can't remember. Jackal. Which Matthew McConaughey also bowed out to be in this movie, so oh, you know weird. Hollywood back and forth. But, um, but that section with Clinton is actually legit.
2: Yeah, very weird. And then, so like, then the movie at this point is basically like, uh, poor Dr. Arroway, who's just been getting mistreated and mm. pushed aside her whole career, uh, finally makes the discovery everyone's been telling her she wouldn't. Um, some man is stealing her achievement mm-hmm. um, on an international scale. Um, right, and she they, also like cracks the code for the. What's in the message? Like the the transmission contains this data that mm-hmm. is actually a schematic to mm-hmm. build a spaceship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's when the movie starts to get really bonkers. By the way, too, like you think, <laughs> yeah. like I, like you could, It's very easy to go into this thinking this is like not a science fiction movie, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. maybe like kind of like October Sky or something like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, uh, like yeah. Girl Boss October Sky. Yeah, um, which. Yeah,
0: bomb. Yeah, October <laughs> Sky <Yeah>. for her.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think that, um, uh, the the that the transmission will not go any further than that. That it's just the sound mm-hmm. they identify it as alien intelligent origin, and then the rest of the movie is just going to be a discussion about mm-hmm. who gets credit for it and what it means for like geopolitics i guess right, right you know right, yeah, but it's not that, that one dude that played Hades that. in there yeah, being his it really self, yeah. it really takes off it really goes bonkers yeah. but in like this very nice way that doesn't um it's almost, it borders on like magical realism, like it's it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. It's really well done. The symbolism it's like, is super
0: yeah. cool. Like I, I yeah. don't know when they zoom in on our eye on every uh-huh. yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Zemeckis was like saying that that was supposed to symbolize Sagan saying that the universe was it is within our scope kind of shit.
2: Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of that. Like there's a lot of that. Mr. X smoking a lot of weed <laughs> type imagery <laughs> yeah. in the movie, which I, which is nice. I'm sure what? Carl Sagan was happy about that. Oh but, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Um. So they build this prototype for like. An interstellar travel machine. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's based off the schematics that the aliens from Vega sent to mm-hmm. Earth, right? Coded in a transmission of Hitler speaking at a rally, by the way, which was like, I guess, <sighs> the first thing that they got from yeah, Earth yeah, pretty which is, much. Which was, is why they were, yeah. like,
0: the governments were pretty upset. They were like,
2: oh, yeah. no,
1: is this what they think like, the it of aliens are it's Nazis? Super, yeah. It's like an entire chapter plus and gets referenced throughout the book multiple times. Mm-hmm. And he super explains why that's the first broadcast they would have received because it was like the first huge, like, uh, at that wavelength, basically. Everyone's freaking out about it. They're all very upset. The
2: beginning of the movie sets that up pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then Dr. Drumlin, this good dude who's stolen everything from Dr. Airway so far, mm-hmm. he like lies his way into the position as like the astronaut in this ship, right? So so, and then that, they get so all the, this the craft can only carry one person, right? Yeah, So which then is they both, go on this yeah. like like very democratic sounding uh to, it, yeah, journey and, to get the, it's very to, 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 to pick the person, right? To pick who is going to yeah. get to go in the spaceship, and everyone is really likely. It should be Doctor Arroway because she discovered it. Also, she's childless; she doesn't have any family. Yeah, yeah. Um, just- she's completely alone, so really <laughs> the <laughs> ideal candidate. Which the movie doesn't really address that but um, I think that's very interesting Well it also um, takes
0: away from the book where they have it's five people yeah it's five people and it's all like it's an international cast that gets to go up it's not as big of a fucking deal although
1: drumlin uh, okay. does still try to uh-huh. take her spot which is I really like
2: that it was just one person yeah. I really liked that. But like that that sort of
1: drum doesn't really try to take her spot so much as they interview a bunch of different people mm-hmm. and the president and to here decide that Drumlin's the better candidate.
0: You,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, not like so, he
1: like was like an asshole about it yeah, anyway, yeah. Okay, that's great. so that's like
2: great. blonde Ted Nugent tries to blow up the well you know he, no, he <laughs> successfully destroys the first prototype of, yeah. of the spaceship all that right? religious
0: right? tension yeah. building yeah and yeah like, yeah fucking... Di- that
2: kills Dr. Drumlin yeah. and then um, this mysterious benefactor is now living on the spaceship SR <laughs> uh, Haddon right and he's <laughs> like listen listen Dr. Ellie Dr. <laughs> Ellie <laughs> 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 let me tell you let me show you my view from up here in space honey (laughs) Um, and then he zooms in very uh, real genius style Mm -hmm. on uh, an island in Hokkaido. In Hokkaido. Yeah. Um. And it's another spaceship, right? And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to send this bitch into space. They're going to send Jodie Foster into space in this fucking movie. I was like, holy <laughs> fuck. Uh, which is, made me happier and happier. I was like, she did not keep seeing the Matthew McConaughey character. Because yeah. Because she was like, wait, yo, I want to go to space more than I want to fuck you. And, yeah. Which is good. I and feel like, like you're it, willing
0: to give up your life, yeah, all of it. Just go. Yeah, in the
2: t- in the twisted upside down feminism of 2021, they would have not made that the point. No, they would have ended up together, mm. right? Whereas, like the original movie is like so brilliant. Like, oh god, they just it is really a great movie. The Doctor Airway character is so so well done. It's they, good. They, but, the, the the the, the the narrative of the movie is very kind to her. Like like a lot of terrible things happen, yeah. but you can tell like the movie is basically just like about having compassion for her the whole time. Yeah. And like it really understands like how insidious, gross mm. and awful sexism is, which is a huge strain in the movie. Like yep. yep. weird for a for a, a movie directed by a dude that made a Back to the Future, which mm-hmm. is about going back in time and your mom wanting to fuck you yeah, and you having <laughs> to not fuck her so your dad can fuck her so you can be born. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. this is a, a real 180, yeah, a real yeah, 180, but yeah. still deals with time travel. Though.
0: Yeah, which yeah. is cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I still wasn't a fan of of what they did for Joss's character. Like fucking, fucking, yeah, it okay, yeah, it was, very, it was
2: very the Lincoln lawyer. Yeah, it, was like very it really much was. Like, yeah. and,
0: and like in the book, he's very he's like this soft spoken <coughs> dude that's like uh, the reasonable counterpoint in the religious yeah. argument to like this more outspoken like evangelical dude. And
2: yeah. like,
0: and you get, and, and then they made him into like this like fucking uh, I don't know male lead bullshit uh, and yeah, like it was he's bad. Romantic- it was romantic. He looks so soft. I know. I can't,
2: I don't already imagine this but the Matthew McConaughey of today is like a twisted bar of like accursed steel from <laughs> a thousand feet below the surface of the planet <laughs> but like Matthew McConaughey and this is like he looks like how dare you he is salt uh, of the earth <laughs> he looks like he looks like cute Dan Aykroyd that's how soft he oh is oh my god you're right he did anyways kinda. yeah uh he, anyway okay so they basically set up like a covert secondary operation Ba-na-na-na. like the pro, pro the program has publicly ended um also James Wood is like the national security advisor to the president or something yeah, this movie James Woods yeah Hades, Hades yeah, yeah. God, James Wood just like became the character he kept getting typecast as in real life. By the way, he's such a piece of shit. He's always mm-hmm. on Twitter, like you know, like if if uh, Twitter it, sounds like a hellscape, yeah, guys. it is a hellscape. Yeah. James Wood yeah. is like a some arch conservative, awful asshole, dickhead.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
2: he's basically that character, but in real life now, I'm, I'm sure he's always been that way. Who knows? Oh, oh uh, yeah,
1: I have seen him saying some really. Weird, Not fucked up, thing. like yeah.
2: boomer shit.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Uh, Anyways,
2: so he, so he's like, so you know, what, you know, you know, what's really funny about guys like that is in this movie, he's like, I don't think we should take this thing too lightly because what if these aliens want to kill us? I'm like, if these aliens want to kill us, dude. They're gonna destroy the whole planet. Yeah. And yeah. like a dude who probably now like shits his pants at least once a day, you know, is on Twitter like with the same energy. Wow. You know, wow. like I'll fight space aliens <laughs> to, to keep. Uh, you know a flat tax. Are you really making fun of yeah. these
0: incontinence? I see how it is. Yeah, okay, that's okay, whatever. Um anyway, so she, so she gets blasted
2: into space. So they get her in the in the time cube. They get her and they drop her into the gyroscopic interstellar Mm -hmm. wormhole travel device yeah that device Um, was
0: actually designed for terminator 2 by the way oh okay they just
2: didn't use it oh okay oh damn nice job prop department like in the warehouse like
1: yeah that'll work yeah
2: the the design of that thing was really fun and this is kind of like when like the psychedelic message of the film kind of starts to like reaches its climax right you know Mm -hmm. carl sagan liked to smoke a lot of weed Mm -hmm. uh and there was kind of this like internal discussion throughout the rest of the, throughout the movie prior to, right? Where she was like, I'm kind of skeptical. I'm a scientist. I believe in the evidence, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but Mm -hmm. she's being confronted with so many like completely bonkers discoveries that like Mm -hmm. she goes like kind of all the way, she exhausts all of the scientific approaches and then just has to start accepting the things that are happening to her. Like, Mm -hmm on faith, right, which is, like, kind of Carl Sagan's whole thing, like, you can, like, kind of have both things, you know, like, be skeptical, you know, like, I don't yeah. really believe in God, like, I'm technically an atheist, but also, like, mm-hmm. the universe is so magnificent. We're all, like, so yeah. pure and insignificant, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes through several wormholes. They put her in a really awesome spacesuit. suit. Um, mm-hmm. And then she, I guess she arrives at Vega after a very Willy Wonka-esque um, journey through the wormholes. Yeah, Of course, her dad is there. He's like, listen, I'm an alien. I'm also your dad.
0: Yeah, the trope of like using your (laughs) memories and your like brain patterns to be able to communicate with you, uh, like that trope is so fucking cool to me because it's like, yeah, Yeah. of course. Like, that's a great way to like stage that and explain that without having to like, I don't know, uh, rely too much on your prop department. But yeah,
2: space is wild. Mm -hmm. Space Um, is wild. Anyway, so then she like has this experience, uh, like 26 light years away from Earth or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And when she gets back to Earth, they're like, honey. You were only gone for one second, you know. They're like, Jodie, you you did the DMT and you just been on the couch for thirty minutes. Okay, you didn't go anywhere. You're, you're okay. You're still here. You're still on the couch, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Interstellar took that trope and flipped it. Uh, it's like, oh nope, you've been gone for a million years. You missed your daughter's life. Um, oh yikes. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> um,
2: yeah. And then James Woods' character is like, listen, you're a lion ass bitch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Jodie Foster is like. I'm so tired of people saying that to me in this movie. <laughs> and she kind of goes off like in this congressional hearing and says like that, a lot of very beautiful Sagan-esque things about mm-hmm. our role in the universe. Yeah. And then um, everybody's like, yeah, I was a, well, no, the the official decision of the government is that she did make it up, that she was hallucinating or something insane happened. because yeah, They were like, yeah. you were only gone for one second. Um, But then when she walks out, right, just like all of humanity is gathered at like the Capitol building, basically, and holding up signs to say, we believe you. And I was like, oh, this is is validating. This is very validating. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, she's like getting into the car to drive away and they have to give Matthew McConaughey a throwaway line where somebody is like, doctor or or father, whatever his fucking name is, (laughs) what do you think happened? And I'm like, why does anyone care what he thinks? Why is it, why does anyone asking him what he thinks? Like, <laughs> she went to fucking outer space. That's what everyone thinks. If somebody thought somebody traveled through space in a wormhole mm-hmm. and was like, what happened? Right? Mm-hmm. You would not be asking anyone else no. about that. Unless no. they also went on the trip. Anyways, yeah. um, so that was lame. But, uh, you know, but yeah. he backs her up. Yeah. And like, then at the end, Angela Bassett is like, James Woods, listen, there's... There's, you, you said that she recorded nothing but static on her trip, mm-hmm. right? And that she was only gone for one second. And he's like, huh? And <laughs> she's like, listen, but what I think is interesting is that she recorded 18, 18 hours. hours of it, yeah. right? And he's like, that's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And um, I
0: love you, Angela Bassett. Yeah, they were out there
2: they on a video call though, and that reminded me of that guy that got busted for that. Like, he was like a senator or something, he got busted for jerking off on the zoom call. <gasps> Holy shit, like, really? He thought, yeah, he, his camera was on, so the camera, he just had the camera. This is on not his in face. the movie right, Contact, right? No, by no, the way. This is in real life. This is what a scene from the movie Contact reminded me of, <laughs> okay. but yeah, it was this dude. He like had the zoom camera on his face, and he must have been feeling slick. He was like, wait, like. I can bust one out right now and no one's going to know. Mm-hmm. But he left his mic on so he was like... <laughs> so people, could, like, people, oh, people no. could see. So he's like, yeah, yeah, recorded 18 hours of static. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that, yeah. Um, anyways, and that's how the movie ends.
1: Amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jerking on Great movie. I really loved it. Oh. One,
2: one of very few two and a half hour long movies that I actually wanted to watch all the way through. Yes. Which is a shame. I say that, but I did fall asleep for like half an hour at one point oh. kind of in the second act. Yeah. I woke up Oh, I also had kind of my own little contact experience watching yeah, this movie. There you um, go. So I was sitting there, I was sitting there watching this movie, and I was like, "It's, it's about, it's about 1:50. It's about 1:50 a.m. today mm-hmm. on Sunday, March 14th, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, "This movie's good, but I'm gonna nod off a little bit. And I was like, "I can't. I have to stay up and watch it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> but then I ended up falling asleep, anyways. But mm-hmm. what I thought was approaching 2 a.m.
0: Oh oh yeah, daylight. So then savings. I woke up
2: and it was actually three A.M. <laughs> it was exactly three A.M., right? And I was like, Oh fuck, I'm up like the movie should be over now. I was like, Oh fuck, I slept through the whole thing. So I picked up the remote and the movie had only like advanced 30 minutes
0: oh my god but i thought oh, i had watched
2: i'd um, fallen asleep for a whole hour of you it you lying right? ass bitch <laughs> i know exactly yeah i was like oh fuck it took me a really long time to figure out what was going on i was like this is a long ass bitch i was like yeah. this movie is so long
0: you know um you know if they you know they did it justice as far as like filling it yeah. out carl sagan was like around for a lot of it but uh he died halfway through production mm. which kind of sucks but for carl yeah for carl yeah uh, I, I
2: remember also, okay and i'll just say one well mm-hmm. i'll say one more thing before i we're talking about the movie. Um I was like, This is such a good Ron Howard movie. I was like, I didn't know Ron Howard had it in him to make such a good movie. I was like, damn. I was like, okay, damn, Ron. Like, okay, this is this is really good, dude. Um and then the you know, the credits roll it's like directed by Robert Zemeckis. And I was like, also surprising, but for different reasons. There was like a surprisingly small amount of Mm-hmm. incest in this you mm-hmm. know no, none of it none actually wow well, um, okay that's, yeah it's a good movie g- yeah good movie. i liked it nice yeah
0: <laughs> nice oh um another fun like nod they um so two things uh one so afterwards uh so you know how like a lot of cnn like reporters were like listed in that movie oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like uh forevermore after Larry the, King. Av- yeah exactly Forever, rest, rest
2: rest is rest his soul
0: rest his well, soul i'm sorry okay uh, um <laughs> they um, forevermore after that CNN banned the use of their logo in movies and their reporters are contractually uh, not allowed to uh, make cameos in movies as CNN reporters um, and um, you were talking about Jodie Foster's uh, wardrobe for this they dressed her <laughs> like Carl Sagan a couple times oh I love that yeah, oh, that's like,
2: amazing I love they that they did
0: the turtleneck and the brown Oh tweed yeah and, I love that mm-hmm,
1: yeah oh. um, I mean that 1000% tracks considering mm-hmm. that Doctor is definitely just Carl Sagan's like gender bent AU. Oh yeah, oh exactly. Oh, but this is
2: what you've been talking about for two weeks. Yeah, okay, yeah. I yeah. guess I guess I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that.
0: Yeah, it's a self insert, but this one yeah. is not like over the top ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, yeah. but it's uh. We've we've
2: talked about so many books, not and for so the, many not movies. For the typical and every <laughs> time we're like, the uh, white male author of this book is really coming through here in this character. And <laughs> like, really, we wait, see you, one? and it's embarrassing. <laughs> this is like we've been through like ten books and movies now, and this mm-hmm. is the first one where we'd be like, "Oh, like, oh, somehow managed to handle a self insert oh, well." Like, oh, you. good. Yeah, it would uh, be Carl Sagan. We it, love Carl Sagan. It
0: would be Carl also, Sagan. Carl Sagan gave I mean, something I,
2: I, uh, to the straight freshman college age men of the world. Oh yeah, which is the Doctor X letter, which is like, if you're if you're 18, you're a college freshman, mm-hmm. and you've just started smoking weed, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your girlfriend from high school, it's like you're smoking a lot of weed. I don't like that. That's not so good. You can be like, listen, honey.
0: Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan says it's
2: okay. All right. <laughs> Carl. Sagan, Sagan says he likes it. All right. So like, why don't you... yeah.
1: Carl Sagan like uh is like one of those you early on discover like the pale blue dot speech.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And that's like an early, like, mind blown moment when you're like fourteen and you read it, you're like, oh wow. Oh that's my god. Deep,
2: you're like, I am an atheist, but a nice atheist.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you start watching Thunderfoot and the amazing atheist videos and yeah. Then Seven years later, you're like you're calling Anita Sarkeesian's house, threatening to chop her head off. That
1: was that was a really that was a really deep YouTube cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. Okay. Anyways, yes. Okay. Uh,
2: okay. That's all. That, that that's that's my piece about the movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. You're good. Um, let's see. Oh, actually, speaking of uh, Carl Sagan's self insert. Um, what what else about the movie, Honeydew? What up?
1: Uh. What, so about Doctor or
0: Oh, just all of it, all of it. What you, all of all I, my all, thoughts? All the thoughts. Uh, okay, great. Spew them. So
1: this this is one of the hardest books I've ever read. Yeah. And I, for those of you out there who are like, "Haha, I've read Infinite Jess, You know, your weak oh, contact of a hard uh-huh. book. Yeah, yeah. But I, I typically do tend to read middle grade easy books because i like to read for fun mm-hmm. try it sometimes nothing wrong <laughs> <enough>. it. <Nothing wrong laughs> <enough. laughs> but i did enjoy i did really enjoy this book yeah. i did i felt like it was it's kind of crazy that he died through the, in the middle of the production of the movie because i feel like this book in some ways is like carl sagan ranting about everything <laughs> like it's like it's like his treatise on life and science and religion and mm-hmm. philosophy and like all his ideas in one place but mm-hmm. with a narrative.
0: Yeah, it it is very like kind of inferno that way. Like just uh he embodies these ideals, these higher philosophies in these very like um he puts them in these very human shells and and figures and like he gives them decent flaws but mostly as like Uh, like a flavor counterpoint or foil to like his higher ideas which is I don't know I'm like that's fucking cool but that's um and he wrote it as a script which blues uh, which was really crazy to me like he had it in mind to put it up in a production before he decided to like fully spell it out and like give it as much depth as it needed to be uh for the book so that's bananas to me but um
1: there, there are times i felt i didn't need to know every detail of every <laughs> character so right, i was like yeah. um this introduction has gone on a very long time yeah mr sagan yeah
0: i definitely did but- the abridged
1: with jodie foster so <laughs>
0: oh nice she read
2: the, she read the audiobook mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. it's real good i love listening to her voice yeah I,
2: well i think it's sad that he died because he thought he was dr Arrowway, but he really ended up being sr haddon
0: Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing to be John Hurt, honestly. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Dr. Ellie. <laughs> Dr.
2: Ellie.
0: <laughs> He's got such a voice. I can't even.
1: He
2: just, oh, and much like Carl Sagan, he just kept getting higher and higher.
0: Ah, <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, so it's, um, I don't know. It, it was kind of, I really wish that he had been able to see the rest of it, but his, his wife, uh, his wife was definitely um, able to see the, the summation of their project because she also like helped him work on it, which was pretty cool.
1: But um, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're like, airway is a good protagonist. Uh, as we were saying, Sagan does a really good job of having his self insert and also Writing from a woman's perspective and writing in a really realistic way about the trials that she has to navigate as a woman in science, especially in the era that she was coming up as a student Mm -hmm. and as a professional. Right. Like one of the like
0: bigger slights that like really kind of infuriated me in the book was uh, her stepdad or what she thinks is her stepdad. Um, like her mother is still around. Her dad dies, and then like her stepdad uh, is a college professor, um, but he's like, "Oh no, there's no reason for you to go to school. You're,"
1: you know, he so, tries. So there's like, I mean, I I think like an underlying plot that is handled well, and I think maybe other authors wouldn't have handled this deathly is like. Dr. Arroway and her daddy issues.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: so many of the subplots about are about her relationship with the men in her life, whether that's good or bad. Right, which... Like, I, like Drumlin and her have a contentious relationship. Her and Peter get along a lot better. Yeah. Uh, they really smashed... It sounds like for the movie they smashed a lot of characters together, because there's a lot of people yeah. in this book.
0: Yeah, yeah. But...
1: Like fucking,
0: yeah. uh, I just hate that. Like, she wrote off her mom for being weak for marrying that dude, and then you find out like the thing at the very end, and you're like, "What the? F-? Oh, okay, I get it, I get it now." But also, like, you kind of like cut off contact with your mom because you were mad at her because she married a dude that you didn't like. I don't know. Um, so it like he does have an interesting approach, but um, the cynic in me kind of wants to lay not like other girls at his feet. Um, just a hair. Just like this much, you know? But Yeah, like, no,
1: yeah, yeah, like a token. Yeah. Like, even like a participation award, <laughs> like... <laughs> She didn't do a bad job. No but you really it really did. It, 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 it toes the line of the trope at times.
0: It does, but she's so she's so intelligent, she tries so hard. she like comes at it so like purely, like she really just wants to understand the stars in the universe. and it, which is cool. I'm like, you know what? this is great. You did a great job. I really but,
1: I like a, I like that there's multiple references to her being like hopeless romantic, which I think knowing Sagan himself, I'm sure he was accused of that many times. Hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what allows her to come at this project from such like an earnest place. Yeah. And allows her to kind of get through the, I don't know, Myers of her contemporaries. But You're right. yeah, so moving on, Arrowway's is great. <laughs> uh, this this whole book is really like just a series of character studies, and it's interesting because he really thinks through like what. We can't go a single episode without making fun of Ready Player One, but it like does the opposite of Ready Player One. Like it overexplains everything, but you mm-hmm. can tell like Sagan has super thought about it, down to every detail. Yeah, like he'll take time to describe how different philosophies and the economy are being impacted mm-hmm. by the arrival of this message, and with like each like yeah, yeah each level of the message that they decode. And as they progress toward the building of the machine, Mm -hmm. he talks about how society is reacting to that and how the world is being affected by that news. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't a really, like, you're like, yeah, that just makes total sense. So, like, that, that is kind of what would happen.
0: Right, exactly. Like, the the government response to it makes a lot of sense. And you're like, oh, I mean, I mean, like, I wish that, like, this wasn't the immediate gut reaction. But, like, maybe, maybe it's necessary for some people to think like that, you know, like, in certain contexts. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And so, like. Well,
1: I also, <clears throat> yeah. I also really like that he talks about, like, How different religious groups are reacting. There's, I mean, there's a real,
0: oh yeah, the the, obvious,
1: like the obvious, like conversation happening in this novel mm -hmm. is between, like, you know, the balance between science and religion, and that is a huge byline. You have characters like Josh who, which I think is
0: a romantic lead in the movie. Yeah, yeah, which I think is. Wait, you didn't watch the movie. Oh, um, <laughs> um, which I think is interesting because, like, uh, like, I think that's what Joss is supposed to be. Like, that line at the very end where he's like, Oh, yeah, uh, I obviously believe her. I, I believe in her. I stand with her. It's supposed to be like, uh, I guess a, a, a marriage or a backing between science and religion was the point in the book because he wasn't a romantic lead in the book. It actually had more like, you know, intrinsic weight of him just believing her without, you know, them mm. having this, like, background mm. relationship. But, I mean,
1: they um, have this, I mean, they have, like, they have that really super cute moment in the museum where yeah, and they're, like, playing with the pendulum and then the guard yells at them and he gives her the medallion that she takes oh, that to face. And, yeah, she, yeah, it, she cute, but it's not, like, really undercut with a lot of romantic tension.
0: No, well, it's really, I don't know, I liked it because it was, like, a meeting of the minds. So like, that. I don't know, mm. a lot of... I feel like a lot of connective and deeper and like intrinsic relationships are like translated and characterized by romance and film because we've only got like a few minutes to really explain the nuances of this connection But it's still just like... Yeah, so
2: like the morning after scene is shorthand for establishing that these two characters have like the most important connection in the movie. Yes, exactly.
0: It's ridiculous. It's like, okay, because like what she does in the book is uh, she takes him to this museum to show him the pendulum Mm -hmm. and saying like, this is never going to go past a certain point and we can believe in that based on science. And then he's like wait, oh, okay, so there's uh, there's faith in science, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's trying to meet him halfway, and she's ignored entirely his, like, other representative that has come in because he's, like, too brash, and he, uh, like, uh, uh, talks over her, but because they're able to talk and, like, meet, I don't know. I, I thought that was, like, an interesting combination for
1: that book. Like, that's a cool-ass well, <laughs> representation
0: of science meeting faith, but anyway. And
1: once, I mean, once she finally meets the... Aliens, which like yeah, it sounds like yeah. There's, I I want to touch on.
2: What are the aliens like in the build, book?
1: They're they're okay. So when they finally send the representatives from Earth, it's actually five people, and it's like yeah, it's a yep. multicultural and multinational, okay, yep. multi-gendered, very like good mixing pot. There's an aside about how like wouldn't it be great if we were like this on earth and just everyone could hang out and be chill and all of those uh, characters
0: those are, they're all bomb and I wish they had included them but anyway, they are all bomb uh, they are all really okay, but I feel like,
2: like for the movie to work though like I like that she yeah, you it sounds like she have- has it sounds like she has parents in the book mm-hmm. which wouldn't have worked in the movie at all because she needed to be sort of like an alien herself in the yeah, the it, movie, because also, the, the movie kind of has a subtext that like she's looking for her home, right? Which isn't on Earth; it's like also, in the stars, right? You know? Also,
0: like eighties, nineties movies are about American nationalism, uh, like as far yeah, as yeah, there's the, that too. Yeah,
2: but it's so. actually well, like it's, this goes against that though, yeah, actually, yeah, because uh, it's not I the mean, Americans that
1: no. Well, really, I would she, say that yeah. That's yeah. very different in the book because it's more it's much more realistic in that you would need a huge team of people. This would have to be multinational. Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be no one nation would be able to achieve this. Uh, large scale of a project and i don't think yeah i don't think sagan would allow himself in the book to to just be like oh one nation one person could do it all on their exactly. own exactly no, not no, no, how no. science works no
2: so in the book when they're going yeah, through the wormholes yeah. do they all like they're like yo we should take her clothes off and fuck <laughs>
1: this in this time cube while we're going No, but she, to does the have a, she does have a dream that they're all like mermaids swimming together and naked and just like chilling out when, when they reach the alien planet. So that's oh, kind of fun. I'm
2: surprised Robert Zemeckis was able to leave that out of, <sighs> out of
1: my head. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, so they get to this alien planet and uh, they meet different representations of people who are important in their life. So mm-hmm. it's kind of... It, and this is where the book really like you said it kind of this is when it gets really trippy. Uh, because it almost one character later describes it as, Oh, so you went to heaven and met your dad, like, of course, airway. And it's like that's kind of exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like the aliens all represent themselves as mm-hmm. important figures in the participants' life and they all kind of break up and have individual meetings with uh their different kind of like superintendents mm-hmm. and they just kinda of have this like really refreshing conversation about philosophy and the nature of the universe. And
2: right. there's a
1: little bit of the like tongue in cheek, you know, I can't tell you everything because yeah. your little mm. mind can't handle it. Mm. But, well, uh, and, uh, but then eventually they get to this great <clears throat> point where they're discussing, um, numbers and how there's, I can't remember the name for it right now because I, and, i very tired. Yeah, we record
0: morning. in the morning, everybody. Just uh, so uh, yeah, give us that. But
1: there's, this, there's these type of numbers mm-hmm. that go on forever, and Pi is one of them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they've discovered a message in those numbers. And it ties and back. The, it just, yeah. yeah, and that ties back to this idea of, like, an overarching creator. You know, it's still kind of suggested at the end of the book that there is still mysteries to be discovered and there is still something that even the most intelligent beings wouldn't be able to see because they're, you know, yeah. there's always something more, something greater. And, and it's really cool. It's, yeah. and it's really well down, And it's a very beautiful moving moment. Yeah. Then yeah, she gets back to earth. A lot of people don't believe her because they've only been gone twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. eventually discover that she discuss- she recorded eighteen hours of static, so that mm-hmm. like tracks same dun, the dun, same dun. with the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then it is it's it's kind of this idea that like people have to have faith that she's telling the truth, right? And like this is going to be a whole new age of philosophy and perhaps even religion. And she really has no control over that. And that's kind of an interesting place to leave her journey. Yeah.
0: Uh, at, like, and it also get like storyline wise, it also gives her kind of like chosen one vibes because like the the beginning of the movie is talking about her as a child um, being obsessed with pie, like uh, trying to break down the numbers as far as she can possibly go. And then by the end of it, she gets back to her life's work uh, uh, like she gets back to it by finding out that the thing that she was initially interested in, the thing that sparked her love of astronomy and trying to find out more about the universe is. Is like uh, the key to uncovering all of it, and I don't oh my know.
2: god, it's Pi Day! Well, it's probably one of the
0: keys. I mean,
1: <laughs>
2: sorry,
0: that's, sorry. I, that's
1: actually I didn't even realize that in the book, but that makes it even more clever. Oh my but god,
0: unintentionally!
1: you could argue, you could argue that some some of the other participants were given different numbers, mm-hmm. so there's messages tied into the core function like numbers of the universe is kind of the implication right right and it's which means there must have been an intelligent creator to tie it, in messages to the
2: wait is it wait is, the, is this movie yeah. like light magic atlas shrugged no excuse me is this book light magic atlas shrugged
0: you know i don't know i haven't read atlas shrugged i kind of yeah, hard like, thing. yeah. Uh, okay yeah oh, really well, yeah, I mean, oh, okay. Ayn Rand is a lot. of I like okay. I, yeah. I like reading. I don't want to punish myself for reading. Yeah. Okay. I, we should read The Fountainhead at some point. It's a good Gregory Peck movie anyway. Um, but anyway. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Anyway. Um, so uh what was I going to say? Uh yeah, so um yeah, and that's a difference uh, I think that's kind of like uh tones the flavors of both uh, versions of this because like in the book it's uh the aliens are very much like oh your tiny minds can't understand all of this but it, it is uh there were precursor beings that created these things and like uh, the numbers are the key to that. And then in the in the movie, it's a, a little bit more like we have the power and eventually if you can get here, we can help you figure it out. And like it's... Uh, Ridley
2: Scott has entered the chat.
0: Yes. <laughs> and so um, I don't know, like uh, those two representations and kind of like the mindset that allows for both of those philosophies, like I'm not 100% in agreement with that representation as far as like Carl Sagan's, uh, like Ashley, as you said, take on the combining of philosophies and to have a little faith in what is completely un-understandable un- uh, f- right now for people uh, is, I don't know, it just seems uh, antithesis. But um, but if it makes sense for the story, that's cool. Um, it all rounds out uh, and Carl Sagan had a decent decent hand in making the movie what it was so like I feel like a lot of his vision still comes forward. But um but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, this was a good story, I think. Um like I don't know, uh Carl Sagan I did not know that Carl Sagan had wrote a book. Uh so uh
1: yeah. He's written several books. Yeah, uh, didn't know that. I don't know. I should, but yeah. Um what um yeah. I need it to be known. Mm-hmm. And in- that carl sagan is my number one celebrity crush Aww. oh that's cute that yeah. makes sense
2: yeah you're your number one human
1: celebrity i almost made that joke myself but then i was like no nah, i won't talk about my monster boyfriend for one episode oh we gotta do the bingo uh, bingo card ding ding um mm-hmm. and if you ever meet my partner you would it would totally track knowing that I have a huge crush on Carl Sagan. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: He's yeah, he's crazy smart. Um, I, like so, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. All right, babies. Uh,
1: wait,
2: wait, 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 oh, wait. I want to talk for a second okay. with what time we have left. Okay. Of like how in the in the eighties, basically, we had Carl Sagan, right? Yeah, yeah. Who was like, I don't really believe in God. I like to smoke weed and have sex. Yeah. Um, but I think the universe is a wonderful place, and I love all the people of the earth. Yeah. And let's all learn about science and keep funding it yeah. and doing all that, right? Yeah. And then that has like gotten translated to especially like a few years ago Mm -hmm. into like Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins being like, we have to legislate the religion Islam out of existence on the planet. Mm. And if you believe in God, you're a fucking fool. Mm. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's everybody though.
2: No, 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 it's, it's it's not everybody, but (gasps) I'm just saying like, I feel like scientific personalities now have kind of become like, There's like Neil deGrasse Tyson who's like cool, but he's kind of like, worn out his welcome a little bit i feel like rude, he's kind of like you know rude. no you know, he's nice but he's like just been doing the same thing over and over again i mean and you can tell he just really wants to be famous i mean that's the other thing you got like, the like these like goofy like yeah you know yeah. just tv guys that really want people to know mm-hmm. who they are right i mean you know
0: I, honestly uh for that i'm kind of like if it if it helps bring attention to science and make it cool then yeah cool yeah, it's fine whatever yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah, roll with yeah. it um Aliens. but you know and you know on a positive note like in 2011 jodie foster uh donated uh, a decent amount to seti the program oh, nice, the nice. program that. Okay. Oh, uh, we love that. yeah because she was like no nah, man this is cool um so thanks carl sagan um yeah <laughs> we went, yeah, yeah. Um, we're, 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 we're sorry what it. the world
2: has become in your absence we apologize <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah.
2: jodie foster is still alive and still really hot though
0: yeah, exactly so. exactly and she's living her life um
1: Mm. I absolutely have to share my fun fact. Okay, yeah, what's up? Which is that Carl Sagan is super interested in conversations with intelligent beings. And mm. someone he was super good buddies with was Dr. Lily, who if you look into that story, you will you will go down a rabbit hole. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Okay. 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 Um, interesting. All right. Well, my darlings, I will end us off on, um, a quote that inspired, uh, this entire story for Carl Sagan. It was, um, it's a Scottish essayist uh, named Thomas Carlyle, um, and he wrote, A sad spectacle... Oh, wait, sorry. He's Scottish. A sad spectacle. If they be inhabited, what a scope for misery and folly. If they be not inhabited, what a waste of space. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, see? Uh, anyway, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll get you back on the next week with our next story. Um we love you all and uh, have a good day. Happy Pi Day. Happy Pi Day. Bye. <laughs> Bye.